Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. How are you? I'm blessed of the Lord. How are you? Hi, Hello, join the club. <laughs> I'm not too tired today, not really. How's everything going otherwise? Okay. Oh, I thought I had lost you for a minute. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Good evening. Good evening. This is Kiana Robinson in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, thank you for joining us. We will be getting started in a few minutes. I just want to give um, people enough chance, enough time okay. to get onto the call. Okay. Hello. I'm still here. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it just it just turned seven, so I want to get a few more people to get in on the call, and then we will get started. Okay. All right, good evening, and thank you for joining us for our National Bible Study for Delta Phi Epsilon Christian Sorority Incorporated. Before we begin, we always like to start off in prayer, so are there any prayer requests at this time? 
Well, I have one. I'm asking that you pray for. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I'm asking prayer for um, Chicago Public Schools. We have a strike date for the 14th of the 17th, I'm sorry, of October, which is the week from today. So if there is no agreement, then the over 300,000 teachers will be out on strike along with other um, employees. So just please keep us in prayer that there will be a decision made and that doesn't happen. Last time we had a strike was in 2012, and that lasted 14 days. So just pray that we do not have um, another strike and that everything can be resolved. Um, also asking prayer for the Harvey James family. They laid their mother to rest last week. So that God will just continue to comfort them um, during this um, time of bereavement for them. Amen. I have a prayer request. I would like um, the saints to pray for um, one of my daughters in the Lord, uh, Evangelist Patricia Guy. Her husband passed away today. So um, just pray that God will uh, strengthen her and encourage her um, as she goes through this period of grieving for her spouse. All right. I will keep her in prayer. Any other prayer requests? Okay, if not, let us go before um, the Lord. Most gracious and heavenly Father, first of all, we come before you just to tell you thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for your hands of protection, keeping us safe from both danger seen and unseen. God, you heard the prayer requests that were spoken. We ask that you touch those that are in leadership to make the decisions about the teachers and the schools, God, we ask that you touch the families that are bereaved, that have lost spouses, that have lost loved ones. We know that you can go in and comfort them in the midnight hour when the calls have stopped and the visits have stopped. We know that you're the one that can go in and give them the comfort that we need. As we go forth in this Bible study tonight, God, I ask that you just be with our speaker, Lord that you bless her, that you touch her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, and she teaches us and talks to us about praying in faith. All of these things I pray in your most precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I would like to introduce you to our speaker for this evening, Evangelist Idelia Deloney. She is a member also of Delta Psi Epsilon Christian Sorority Incorporated, but she is a, a, an evangelist on her, and a minister in her own right. So at this particular time, I'm going to turn the Bible study over to her and let her bring forth the word that God has given to her for us tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, I'm so thankful to be able to do this Bible study on tonight. It's been a while since I um, brought a Bible study. But on tonight, we're going to be looking at the book of James. 
the book of James. And our scripture for tonight is James 5, verses 13 through 16. And um, leading up to, to this fifth chapter here, James uh, starts off talking to the Jewish Christians about their um, trials and their temptations, about having favoritism and how it's forbidden among the saints, how we should tame our tongue because in our tongue is the power of life and death, warning against worldliness. We should not be caught up in the spirit of worldliness. He warns them uh, uh, about being rich oppressors and concerning patience and suffering, oaths, and finally to our lesson concerning the prayer of faith. And we will read our scripture right now. That's James 5, verses 13 through 16. And it says, the prayer of faith. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make them well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that Amen. is our lesson for tonight. Now, James wrote this letter to the Jewish Christians, and that can be found in James 2, verse 1, and chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. Now, these Jewish Christians were believers from the early Jerusalem church who, after Stephen's death, were scattered as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Syria and Antioch. And that can be found in Acts 8 and 1 and chapter 11 and 19. And if you remember, um, after Stephen was stoned to death, they became frightened, and they just scattered everywhere. But God had a purpose for that. This would account for James's reference to trials and oppression. As the leader of the Jerusalem church, James wrote as pastor to instruct the people and encourage his dispersed people in the face of all their difficulties. It was also composed to let these believers in Jesus know the importance of having a practical, living, everyday faith. Now, we might ask the question, what is faith? And if you ask someone that, five people, you would probably maybe get two or three different answers. But what faith is defined as is belief with a strong conviction. That's a firm belief in something for which there may be no tangible proof. It is complete trust 
confidence, reliance, or devotion. In other words, faith is the opposite of doubt. And, you know, we can say we believe in something, but sooner or later, you know, we want to see some proof. But real faith, you don't have to see any proof. Now, in order to have faith in God, we have to totally trust him and submit to his will for our lives. Let us look at Proverbs um, 3, 5, and 6, and Psalm 20 and 7. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and Psalm 20 and verse 7. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So we are told to trust the Lord. We can't um, have faith in something or someone that we don't trust. Is that not right? Of course. We have to trust someone to put our faith in them. And sometimes, saints, we have what? Misplaced faith. Well, we might. I put my faith in you, and you let me down. Now, Psalms 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And there's another scripture that comes to my mind. Do not put your trust in the arm of flesh. True faith must be lived out in our everyday life by good deeds, especially in the face of trials or persecution. Such good works demonstrate the presence of faith and the justification before God. Because guess what? Faith without works is dead. Let's look at James, the second chapter, verses 20. Uh, verse James 2, 14 through 22. James 2, 14 through 22. And this is what it says. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if people claim to have faith, but they have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, for good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. 
And Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Now, don't we want to be called God's friends? He called, he said, I no more call you servants, but I call you friends. Amen? Amen. So James urges his readers to be people of faith and do not doubt. For the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Now, we're either going to believe God or we're not. I tell people that all the time. There are no buts. There are no ifs when it comes to believing God. Either you're all in or you're all out. So there cannot be any doubt, Saint. If we say we're gonna, uh, we're people of faith and we're going to believe what the book tells us, then that's what we have to stick to. In order to believe that God is going to do what he said he would, First of all, we must know the word of God. There are so many individuals that don't know the word of God. And what happens in that case, the enemy can run them up one side of the wall and down the other. Because that is our weapon. The word of God is our weapon to come against the enemy that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So we have to know that word of God. We have to trust what it says for our life, saints. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if we don't have any faith, or we're going back and forth. It's not pleasing God, and we want to live to please our God. Now, faith must have an object, people of God. And the proper object of genuine faith is God. Let's look at Jeremiah 29:13. Jeremiah 29 and 13. I almost said, would somebody read that for me? I forgot I was on the phone. <laughs> Jeremiah 29 and 13. And what that says is this. It says, oh, let's see. Well, we'll start at verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So we have to earnestly seek the Lord. Now, in our lesson, um, verses 13 and 14, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, if you'll notice here, um, they say call on the elders. Those elders... Um, 
were the leaders in the church at that time. And what was really kind of surprising um, when it says, is any among you sick? They didn't do like we did today, um, call for the doctor, because during that time, there really wasn't any um, medical education set up, you know, to call on the doctor. So they called on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And also, if you do a little bit of research, um, it says that uh, the oil, in one place it says the oil is the representative of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but back in those days it was also used for medicinal purposes as well. We live, people of God, by faith and not by sight. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. And what that says is this. It says, uh, let's see, we live by faith and not by sight. So if we're living by faith, faith saints, something might look one way, but that's not the way it is. We have to believe what God says about our situation, what his book says about our situation, because the word of God is true. We might use our, our natural eyes and look at it, and all hope is gone. The enemy will tell us all hope is gone. But when we walk by faith, we can say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. This is what God says about it. Now, some individuals have no idea, people of God, how to pray in faith. They may not even know how to begin. It might be a new Christian or just maybe a Christian who's desiring a deeper spirit-led life in the Lord. Now, regardless of where we may be in our spiritual life, the prayer of faith is an important part of our journey, saints. And if an individual wants to have their prayers answered, then they need to learn about praying in faith, what it is and how to do it. Now, a lot of people want me to pray for them because they, they always say, Evangelist, how do you get your prayers answered every time? Little do they know I get them answered, but they're not always the way I want them answered. God is going to answer us saints one way or another. That's why it is so important to submit our will to the will of God. And we learn about what his will is by reading his word. But what I tell these individuals is I just give God's word back to him. He says, I honor my word above my name. So before I became a Christian, 
I did not know how to pray. I knew how to ask. I didn't really know who God was. I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I knew of Jesus, but that was about it. And when I became saved, I told the Lord I wanted to learn how to pray. So I would get the word of God, and I would just open it up, and I would just read whatever was there on that particular page. I knew some of it didn't make sense, but I kept doing it, and after a while, I got the hang of it. I know I didn't have to worry about all the bees and bells. That was one thing, but we're on a journey here. We're on a faith journey. I don't care if we're a new saint or we're a mature saint. And if an individual wants their prayers answered, they have to learn about praying in faith. Now, Jesus gave us an example in Mark 11, 22 and 25. Let us look at that. And I quote this scripture all the time, Mark 11, 22 through 25, okay? And this is what it says. Have faith in God. Now, this is, if your Bible has got read here, this is Jesus speaking. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, go, Throw yourself into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will happen, it will be done for you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Amen. So Jesus gave us the per, per, uh, specific example on how to pray in faith, believing that our faith and our words have power. Our faith mixed with our words have power. If we can just get that in our, our minds and remember that, then that's how we begin to start praying in faith. Now, the prayer of faith is important because it's the key to having your prayers answered. You can't effect a spirit-led change in your life and in the life of others around you without faith. On the other hand, with faith, Jesus says, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, I know that some are probably saying, well, I prayed for a lot of things in faith, and it never happened. That could be a problem. But guess what? When you prayed in faith, were you praying according to the will of God for your life? That is why it's so important to find out what the will of God is for our life. Faith finds out what the word has to say 
In other, other words, when we pray to God, saints, and we pray in faith, we have to go to the Word and see what the Word has to say about our particular situation. Praying in accordance with that Word, and we have to believe regardless of outside circumstances. This kind of prayer depends on and trust in the Word of God alone. It doesn't need any other confirmation or affirmation. Now, to pray and say, there are four things that we have to do. Four things we must do. Number one, we have to say it. We have to speak and proclaim what we want according to the word of God. Then we have, number two, we have to believe it. We have to believe what the word says about our situation. We might not like it, but we have, you know what? Praying in faith, we have to humble ourselves, saints. We have to humble ourselves if God answers us and it's not the answer we want. We have to humble ourselves to say, Lord, you love me enough to do what's best for me. Number three, we have to receive it. It doesn't matter whether or not your prayer is answered right away or if you just must stand on this and wait on God. By faith, see yourself receiving it. Maybe somebody might be ill. You got to stand on your faith and see yourself healed. And you know, sometimes we don't want to hear the hard things. Sometimes God will call us home and we'll be healed that way. Sometimes we'll be healed as we go, like the man with the leprosy. He was healed as he went. Then there are others who miraculously got healed instantly. We might be standing on the word of God for home, a better job, a spouse, children, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. God knows what we're asking and waiting and standing on our faith for. But we have to receive it in the spiritual realm. Number four, we have to act on it. In James 2, 17, it tells us we must act, act on our faith. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us how to act on our faith regarding what we're praying for. Now, James 5.16 in our lesson, <clears throat> and what that says is this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, this is just not talking about physical healing people of God. We need healing 
in other areas of our life. James 5.16 teaches us about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much. We can sum up this scripture by saying that our prayers must release power that has influence, benefit, and advantage to produce results. If we can't do anything else, saints, we can pray the word. Because God's word is not going to go out void, but it will accomplish that whereunto it is sent. God just does not write empty words in the Bible. You know, we just read them for relaxation and that there is power in the word of God. The opposite of releasing effectual prayer is praying amiss. Sometimes, people of God, we don't get prayers answered because we're praying amiss. In other words, we have the wrong motive and the wrong attitude uh, about what we are praying for. The word amiss in the Greek language is called kakos. That's K-A-K-O-S, kakos. And what it literally means is to pray evil prayers. Let's look at James 4, verse 3. And what, and what this says, well, we'll read verse 1, and, it's, and the fourth chapter is talking about submitting ourselves to God. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires and battles within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with the wrong motive that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. That's like somebody praying, Lord, let me hit the lotto. If you let me hit this lotto, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to help this, I'm going to help that, I'm going to give to my church. Uh, but are you going? if you do hit it, are you going to give the full 10% to your church? Are you going to help the homeless? Are you going to help the needy? Are you going to dedicate this money to the Lord? Now, I'm not advocating for playing the lotto or gambling or anything else, but these are the things that I've heard people say, and I'm sure some of you all have heard that too, praying amiss. Now, um, there is another prayer call, an imprecatory, a precatory psalm or imprecatory prayer. And that is where, this is where um, in the Old Testament, when the people of God were mistreated and abused, they would pray that God, would destroy their enemies. But we have to, and that's called imprecatory, I-M-P-R-E-C-A-T-O-R-Y, Psalm, P-S-A-L-M-S. And that is considered a lament of God's 
people. But the New Testament of grace and mercy says what? Pray for those that despitefully use you. We have to pray for our enemies. We don't pray, Lord, let them fall down and break their leg. We shouldn't anyway, people of God. Now, not only do the people of God need physical healing, some need emotional and psychological healing as well. We may not always get what we want when we want it, saints, but our God will always give us what we need according to his word and love for us. Now, down through the, through the ages, every man and woman of God has one common link to him. And that one common link to God is the power of prayer. It is true that prayer changes things. But it is also changing people. There will never be a time when people don't need to pray. And I must say, that time is now. We need to pray for our nation, our leaders, our states, our cities. We have the power, saints of God, through praying in faith to shut the enemy down. There are different types of prayers, many different types of prayers. There are individual prayers. There are corporate prayers. There are intercessory prayers. And there are warfare prayers. And in each of these, we have to know the word. And what I tell people, I say, we have to not only know the word, we have to work that word. We have to know what to pray in each different situation. We have the power to bind the enemy, and we have the power to lose what God says about our situation. We should always pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we have been baptized into him. We belong to him. Our right standing is in him. And in order to fulfill God's purpose in our life, we must, and I emphasize we must, pray according to biblical principles. If somebody is praying and it does not line up with the word of God, then you know that they're immature and they're, they're praying. Now, all serious well. prayers need to become serious Bible students. That's, we got to make sure we go to church, get as much Bible as we can. When we're at home, we have to set aside time to study the Word of God so that when any sudden situ uh, situation come up, we have the faith to believe that we can pray for that situation for someone else, and God is going to move. How many uh, um, of us saints of God have prayed quickly, and we've seen God move quickly? The serious 
prayers need to become serious Bible students because the more we know what the Word says, the more confidence we will have in the process of asking and receiving. In other words, the more we know the Word, then we'll feel, you know, big and strong knowing that we have the confidence that God's going to do what he says. And in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, there it is again, it's got to be according to his will. How do we know his will? We know his will by what his word says. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Let's look at Psalm 34, 15. Psalm 34 and 15. And see what that has to say about it. And what that has to say is this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But look at number 16. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their names from the earth. So, now we know what having the confidence in him because we know that um, his eyes are on the righteous. And guess what, saints? Our righteousness is of God. And he has justified us and he has sanctified us. And we know that his ears are attentive to our cry. Now, there are times in our lives people of God, who we know how to pray in faith, but sometimes we are so overwhelmed by our various circumstances that rise, we can't even pray. We're faith people, we know how to get God's attention, but sometimes our brokenheartedness and our hurt is so deep, our mind just practically go blank. So in closing our final scripture, saints, let's look at Romans 8, 26, and 27. Romans 8, 26, and 27. And this is what it says to us. What it says to us, saints of God, in the same way, oh, let's start at verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit groan eagerly and we wait for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, what? We wait patiently for it. 
Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts know the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And with that, that concludes our class for tonight. I pray to God that I've shared something that will help you, that will encourage you, and that will let you know that you can go on and that God hears your prayers, that you have the faith in God, and he is only a prayer away. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for that word on today. I don't know about anybody else, but I got me some good old nuggets that you said. One that I like, I wrote down as you were saying it, it said belief with a strong conviction equals faith. I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and then you was like, our faith mixed with our word has power and the will of God for your life. And I was like, yes. And then I liked your four little the nuggets you you gave us. I said, I'm going to um, give me a piece of paper and put that on my mirror. It said, when you pray, <laughs> say it, believe it, receive it, and act on it. I was like, okay, I will do that. Um, is there anyone else who wants to have, make comments or a question? All right. Well, if not, we thank you for being our teacher for this evening. We thank you for those that joined us on the call for our National Bible Study. We are here every second Tuesday of the month, and we look forward to you joining us in December. You have a good evening. Good night. Good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>